Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode number 42 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's mom. Today, I'm really excited to talk again with my good friend, Stephanie, who I interviewed on episode three, way back at the beginning on launch day. If you have not had the chance to listen to episode three, you probably should do so now before you continue to listen to this episode. Over this past year especially, Stephanie has really been someone that I have turned to when I have had struggles in my grief, because I know she's always just that much ahead of me. When I looked at the calendar and saw that July 2nd was a Thursday, I knew that I needed to have a conversation with Stephanie on July 2nd. July 2nd is the three-year anniversary of her daughter Kian's death. It just seemed like the right thing to do to talk about Kian and to talk about Stephanie's healing process. I also really wanted to talk to Stephanie because she and I have had so many good conversations about grief and this whole grieving journey. And I just felt like I wanted to share what we have learned along our journey with other people. So today you will hear an insight as to what she thinks life is like at three years and you will also hear about what life is like at the almost two-year mark for me. My hope really is for those who are early on in their grief to be able to look at the two of us and see that we have grown and we have started to be able to see some hope and healing. Also, I hope that those of you who are much further along in their grief journey can look at us and say, wow, I've come a long way. I'm doing much better than they are. So this way, I hope it gives everyone a little glimpse into their own healing process and hope for the future. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for agreeing to come on again. If you all remember, Stephanie was on episode number three at the very, very beginning. Stephanie and I have known each other now close to two years since we met just a few weeks after my son Andy died. I wanted Stephanie to come on today because I started looking at the calendar Hmm. about a month or so ago, and I saw that Thursday... There was Thursday, July 2nd. Yep. And July 2nd is the day that Kian died. And it will be three years. And I felt like no other child <laughs> should be talked about on July 2nd other than Kian. <laughs> and we just needed to revisit that and revisit how you were doing. And I feel like since we recorded almost a year ago now, 10 months ago, 
a lot's happened <laughs> and a lot's changed. And I just thought it would be good to kind of talk about that. Yeah. First of all, thank you, Marcy. Knowing that when you looked at July 2nd, you knew that that was Kian's going home day really obviously means the world to me and to my family to be able to do this and something that is good and positive and hopefully helpful just makes that day just a tad easier. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. So this will be three years now. Yeah. You know, it's so weird though, because, you know, July 2nd, 2020 is the three-year anniversary, but you've actually lived three full years without her. Like you're starting the fourth year. And so it's, it's very confusing. I feel like, because, you know, Kian dies in 2017 and you're in your first year, you know, with quotation marks around that. But then on July 2nd of 2018, you celebrate the one year anniversary. I know it's just, for me, it feels very strange. So, I mean, it will be three years, you know, that we have not had her physically here with us. It's so hard too, because I I feel like, you know, you had her for 12 yep, and now you've not had her for three. Yeah. That's like 25% of her life. I know. You just start thinking about Wow. I mean, it starts to hit you that at some point in time, you will have lived more time without her than with her. And that, you know, if you think back, I'm thinking back with Andy, we're coming up on two years and thinking about like, all that that we fit in, like the last two years of his life. And now for you, like three years worth of her life, and then to think, Wow, you've, I've actually gone that long without right, her? Right, you've missed her for that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it. I actually thought that just, I think it was two days ago, I said to, to my husband, Paul, I said, three years, you know, starting our fourth year feels like so brief and yet such an eternity. And yes. I said, I can't imagine how 10 years feels or 15 years feels or 20 years feels, you know, like, cause you do start to go, eventually this number is going to catch up to that 12 years that we had her. So yeah. sort of this like domino effect that you're just waiting for these dominoes to all fall um, until you reach that sort of 12 year. And then, you know, it, it's, it's very, it's very strange. The time, time is sort of warped in, in, the world of grief I I feel like because right because in some ways it seems like you just had them right it seems like you can still feel them hugging you yep and and yet it has been a long yeah it's been a you know I think back to my mom you know my mom died when she was 42 years old and I was 21 years old so when I turned 42 that was a huge deal for me because there were two things that happened. One, I knew that I was now going to be living longer than my mom and I didn't have her to look at anymore as a guide right. as to how to live my life. Yep. And the second thing was at the very same time was that was the point in my life when from there forward, I was going to live more of my life without her than with her. Yep. Yep. And both of those things to happen together. Right was really horrible. I mean, yeah. it really, yeah, it was hard. And I think back to that and how horrible that was. And I start to, and you know, Andy's death, 
no. was many times worse right. than what my mom's was. So then I start to think, how will that be when I get to that point right. and when these years go on? And Right, because there is yeah. no there's no end in sight until we, we see him again in heaven, you know? So it's like, you know, that, that time is going on. That can't change. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change. It just keeps adding. You know, I just looked, I have an app on my phone and, you know, it's like been over a thousand days since Kian has died. And that doesn't even sound like that many, really. Like, I don't know, a thousand isn't that huge of a number, you know, but that's three years worth of days and just an immense amount of journey. Right. And a big percentage of what her life was Absolutely. too. That's, that's the thing that gets me. I think yep. the most is really looking at 12 years compared to three oh. and how, you know, it's a, it's a substantial portion yep. of, you know, so well, when you look back 15 years, right. three of them have been, she's not right. there. Well, and you know, we have three other 15 year olds in the house. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think about how much they have changed in three years. I think about all they have lived in three years, the good, the bad, the ugly, the <laughs> great. Yeah. And I think the, we did, we had to do that all without her. That weighs really heavy on me some days um, mm-hmm. because they have had a really full and crazy three years. And I think, you know, she deserved to have that too and, and didn't get to. And that's, it's hard for a mom. Well, and probably should do a little bit of a reminder because not everybody may have listened to your first episode. You probably should. It might be a good idea to even stop this now, (laughs) listen to the first one and go back. But Kian was a quadruplet. So that, I mean, you can give a little bit of a synopsis if you want. Yeah. I mean, Kian, Kian was a quadruplet. We have five kids. We have an older son who is currently 18. So he was 15 when Kian died. And um, then the quadruplets are all girls. And obviously um, they were 12 when Kian died, 12 and a half. And that's our family makeup, you know, Paul, myself, and these five kids, four of whom happen to be the same age. <laughs> you know, the girls were born super early in my pregnancy and Kian got all the short ends of the sticks. That's what I always say. You can hear that right back in that other episode. And at, eventually uh, died of organ failure. Just super, super medically complex. We just couldn't keep her alive any longer. Her body shut down and gave out. So that is an, it's interesting because, you know, we had, we knew she was dying, but we had this sort of two week period prior to Kian dying where we really opened the door to the world. I was kind of blogging pretty regularly at the time. We sort of said to everyone, you know, our close family and friends, like, this is eminent. We don't know when or how, but we know it's eminent. And we are going to tuck ourselves into home. um, But please know that this is what's going on. And her time on earth is limited. So we had this two week time period before the actual July 2nd date. So I am here to tell you that currently, every year around this time, you relive those two weeks. Yeah. So immensely it's it's so our 18 year old is getting ready to go off to college and we're doing computer shopping right there's all this talk about well if he's going to be this major he needs this and all this crazy talk doesn't matter but they talk I've learned a new new sort of phrase about you can partition computers which means you can kind of run two operating systems on the same computer and you can choose which one is running and I told my husband or my family 
I really wish you could partition your brain because the two weeks leading up to July 2nd, even when I'm in the midst of great things, whether that is an open house for our son Jamal or graduation or, you know, something exciting with the girls or it is all those two weeks are always playing. They're like on just repeat. It's looped on in one part of my brain. And I think as a grieving mom, that loop is always running quite honestly, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's the volume is muted. Or sometimes the volume is just real quiet, but the two weeks leading up to July 2nd, it doesn't matter what I do. That volume is like blaring. And then the problem is you also have the volume of real life that's blaring. And so, you know how, if you're trying to watch something on TV and you're, you know, your kids are trying to watch something and you have all this sound coming at you, you can't make sense of either one of them. And that's how it feels right now. Year three has felt like um, it's been messy and it's been, you know, so many emotions, but right now those two weeks, that two week time period, even when you don't want to think about it, even when you don't know you're consciously thinking about it, your brain is saying, oh, this was the day that the pastor came and we prayed her home. Oh, this was the day that she insisted on going to build a bear and we didn't know if she would make it back home this was it's always right it's always there and I don't know I I think I was kind of hoping that it wouldn't be as smart you know it wouldn't be as as kind of as acute kind of acute yeah um but it's incredible because even Paul who doesn't have the greatest of memories like he, he just doesn't remember things very very well you know he will say but I can I can remember every feeling I had in those two weeks if with with just a glimmer of oh that today was the day we did the build a bear and I know exactly how I felt like that mm-hmm. and I don't know that that will ever go away and so I so I say that all to say like it isn't just July 2nd it's all this anticipatory days that lead to July 2nd and for us because we had that two weeks where we were really focused on and and knew that she could have died at any moment you know we did the funeral home shopping then we we did just all these things and so it is it's like this whole long month it feels like because you're just trying to survive until July 2nd and then you have to Mm -hmm. deal with oh then then later it was her funeral and later it was this and picking up her cremains and you know it just it's a lot Marcy it's just a lot and so you know I found myself earlier this week like sobbing over, you know, our son's going to college over meal plans, college meal plans. I was just sobbing. Like I couldn't get my breath like audibly. Yeah. And I I was like, what is wrong with me? You know, this is, he's only going to be 35 minutes away, (laughs) you know? And Paul very gently said, "It, it might have to do with the time of year. You know, you might just need to cry and give yourself some time and so I have been doing a journal, uh, an online journal every day on my Facebook. And I just said, if you love me, please give me grace because grieving around that anniversary date, even when it's been three years, requires a lot of grace for yourself and from others. Yeah. I feel like I can really relate to that right now, too. And I should probably ask people for grace in that same vein. (laughs) You know, Peter just 
finished the eighth grade, he's going into the ninth grade to the Aviation Academy where Andy was supposed to start. Right. You know, Andy died in when he was in orientation right after he had made the JV soccer team. Mm. He died two weeks before his first soccer game, five days before school was supposed to start. And Peter's going to the same school. Right. And we get this, you know, we get something in the mail about the picnic. Yeah. And I remember going to the picnic with Andy. And it, it actually was very cool because the school is a charter school. It's a fantastic school. It's for aviation and engineering. Yep. And um, it was started by the DeVos family. And they're, they, he donated the helicopter to give, I think, 12 kids, uh, or maybe it was even a few more than that, a helicopter ride. And you could put your name in to get drawn for the helicopter ride. And Andy won a helicopter ride. <laughs> and he forgot his phone. Aww. So he borrowed mine and he took a video of himself in the helicopter, which I didn't even watch until after he died. Right. But so we get an invitation to that picnic. Oh. And I turned to Peter and I said, do you want to go? And he goes, I don't know. Really? I don't think so. And I said, well, you have some friends that are going. Maybe you can go with the friends. And he said, oh, maybe I can. And I said, I'm really sorry, but I can't go. Right. I can't go to that. Nope. Because it's, again, it's all of those memories of two years ago doing this with your brother. Yep. And your brother being so excited. And... I don't know how I'm going to drive him to orientation. I don't know how I'm going to drive him to school when I never had to got to drive his brother there. Right, right. I don't know how I'm going to do these things at all. It And I just have this fear yep. that for some crazy reason, he's not going to make it either. Right, right. Oh, I... I right? Absolutely. I mean, he's the exact same age. I look at him, he's like... He can fit all on his brother's clothes right. now. Bring he can do all this stuff. stuff. He he he's completely lost his love for soccer. Uh -oh. You know, two years ago, I remember saying to him, "Buddy, you're you'll have to practice really hard. Maybe when you are a sophomore and Andy's a senior, you guys can both play varsity together." And he told me then he was going to try so hard he was going to make varsity as a freshman. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what he has done now? He has quit. Yeah. Because he can't do it. No. He can't do it without his brother. No. So that broke my heart. But yet, on the other hand, could I have ever handled going to a soccer game? Well, I, I don't know that I could have. I think you could have because you are strong and you do what you have to do. Um, because I know you. You know what I mean? But it would feel horrible. It uh -huh. would feel horrible. But anyway, I feel like I understand that going through that yep. and having to live in the past and the present right. at the same time. Yeah. So seeing these things and just having them, everything just bringing you back, yeah, you know, definitely. every single thing is bringing me back two years. And for you, every single thing is bringing you back three right. years. Right. And to have I to think live it again for us, even with the the fact that Keen was a quadruplet. So in there, they're young, our youngest. So we don't have, you know, oh, now they're Kian's age and, and that, we don't have that. Right. But I remember going back to school with the girls for, you know, back to school day uh, for, you know, for seventh grade or when they went to high school. I mean, it is so poignant that you are missing a piece that should be there. 
Yeah. And that's exactly what you're experiencing. Like we now we're doing these things with Peter and and we did them leading up to, to what we thought was going to be this great high school experience for Andy and he never got to do it. Um, yeah, I, I get it. It, it. Our our son just graduated, and while it's exciting, and of course during this time of COVID, like that's a whole nother thing. But you know, it's exciting. Yeah. But but yet, at the exact same time, the parallel thought for me is that in three years we're going to be doing this with the girls without Kian. There's will only be three of them. Yeah, and it takes your breath away every single time. And it's so hard because you know you want to make it special. Right. Too. Right. For those three. Absolutely. Because you love those three just yep. as much as you love Kian. Yes. You love them all the same. And so you need, you want, you are going to feel this pressure to make it amazing. Oh my gosh, yes. Marcy, we had to say to Jamal, um, when we finally decided to do an open house, um, again, you know, things are so different this year. And we were starting to talk about it and we were working towards it. And I literally had to say, and I'm fortunate that he is a uh, mature 18 year old who has a lot of life experience. And I was able to say, Jamal, I am so excited to be celebrating you. And I want to give you the world, right? But as we get closer to July 2nd, and as we go through this, at the same exact time, it is so painful that it's hard to even make the phone call to figure out how much ice cream we need. Like, it, and I know that as an 18 year old, you can't understand that. And it seems like mom's just not doing anything to get ready and celebrate you. But I promise you that's not the case. I mean, I had to just be really open about it because I was struggling and I had to ask a friend and say like, I can't explain to you why doing these menial tasks for this open house or menial tasks to get ready for Christmas or a birthday or whatever is hard. But as a grieving parent, it just is. Yeah. And so I need help. I don't even know how I need help. I don't even know what to tell you to do, but I need help because I, it's so overwhelming because you want so badly to do what this 18 year old deserves. And yet you're stuck behind this dam of grief. Do you know what I mean? Like that's constantly yes. building and you're like that wall that it's building on and it's eroding your wall away. And it's, I don't know, it's a weird analysis, but it's been hard. It's been hard because you literally have to be able to celebrate and be happy. And, and at the same time, you feel like you're so broken inside. Mm -hmm. Um, that, you know. And I've been feeling a lot more broken lately, too, when I think it has to do with Peter being Andy's age. You know, he turns 14 in less than a month. Yep. That's how old Andy was. Yep. And so all of that happening, the summertime, summertime yep. is just hard because I always think back to two years ago. Yep. You know, everything. I'm always thinking back to yep. we did this. We were doing this. We were doing this yep. the whole way. And then now I have this and pressure because I've been working again right oh, I've been yeah. working my full schedule mm. really started last November and I'm having a hard time right. right now right and I am I don't want my co-workers to see it I know because you know I went back obviously way too early just a few weeks after Andy yeah. died it went very badly I ended up having to take a 
prolonged leave of absence. And I feel like if I show any cracks. Right. They're going to think that's what you need. They're going to think I am falling apart again. You got to quit all this stuff. And I, and I'm not there. I know I'm not there. I, I know I'm in a better place, but I still have cracks, right? I still have cracks. I was, I was telling you earlier yesterday, someone made a huge mistake (laughs) I would say on my schedule and put a teenager in who for a post hospitalization check after being in the hospital several days after a car accident. Okay. That was not wise to do anyway. I mean, I obviously I, I had no idea. I was, it just said post hospitalization check. I had no idea it was, what it was for until right right before I was to go in. And then I completely fell apart and started crying and someone else had to do it. And, and I felt like I can't breathe. I can't do anything. And then I'm thinking they're all going to, I don't want to like talk about it because like now they're going to be scared to put anything with me. And right. That is so much, but it's, it is, it is a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. And it's also your life, right? Like, but it is my life. And and I know that people understand that. And I, I, to be really honest with you, 10 years from now, I don't know that I'm going to be able to see a teenager for a post-hospitalization right. check after they were in a severe car accident. Right. I just don't know that I will ever be able to go there because what would I have had to do in that conversation? Yeah. I would have had to say, what happened? Right. And you had, had to, what were your it. injuries? Yeah. Were other people hurt? And, and, and what would have gone through my head? would have been my accident. There's no way to not do that. Nope. Right? Nope. And like you said, if you could compartmentalize your brain somehow. Exactly. If I could now just turn off my car accident (laughs) and Andy's death, maybe. Right. But you can't do that. Nope. You can't. Nope. And that's so then and then you feel like, ah, I don't know that I really want to ask for help, but I I really have to ask for help. That's what I mean. And that's exactly why I was like you know, please just give, find some extra grace because we're, we're just all sort of a mess right now because you're exactly right. It's the change of season. It's the reliving it. It's the, it's so many things. And that's the, that's kind of the scary part of it's always going to be so many things in our future. And how will we, will, you know, will we always feel like this? But I think like you said, you're in a different place. I can definitely say that year three was different than year two. I can more easily talk about her without crying. I can glance at pictures and smile instead of feeling sad. You know, I went back to teaching this last year part-time and I found ways, you know, there was a day that um, I was walking, we were walking beside another set of parents whose child Uh, died suddenly and she had died that morning and I went into class and I was teaching away and and I kept fumbling over everything like I couldn't find the papers I needed and and I was teaching my high school class at the time everything everything was just my brain was so scattered and at one point I said I I don't know guys I'm so sorry you know I'm so sorry I don't know what the what is the matter with me and I actually paused and then I actually said out loud actually, yes, I do. And I sat there with these, you know, 22 high school students. And I said, a friend of ours daughter died this morning. And I want you to know that I'm not okay. 
you know, I'm not okay. And so please just bear with me today or tomorrow, or maybe for a week. I don't know, you know, but I felt it was really like, I don't think I could have done that in year two as easy. Right. And maybe that's why I can't. Right. That's what I mean. I'm having a really, really hard time doing that. Yes. You sort of, and- at least I have been able to in year, in year three, sort of, my therapist says, hold my bar, like not let go of what I need. And you sort of settle into, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stop a minute and I'm going to talk about her. I'm going to say what she would have thought here. I would have, I'm going to tell you how I'm really struggling today. And this is why, because it's sort of being your authentic self, you know, year two, I think is so difficult um, in different ways than year one and year three, but you don't really, you don't have your feet underneath you. And I think in year three, for me, I was able to like say, no, this is why, and I need a minute, or I need some grace, or I need some help, or I need, you know, I need to just to take a deep breath. I need you to hear what is going on in my brain. I need you to hear about why I'm choked up right now, because my Kian would have loved this, you know? Right. That's very encouraging to me. And I do think there is a huge difference because I feel like year one, everyone is going to just give you grace. Absolutely. Right. Yep. And you, and you feel like it's totally okay. Yep. Yep. Like if I fall apart and cry, everyone's going to completely understand and whatever. Year two, where I'm at right now, obviously, you know, someone who I've worked with didn't remember enough right. to th- even oh. think that it would be a big deal at all for me to see somebody after a car accident. And the nurse who put the patient back did not think it would be a big deal right. for me to see somebody who had been a severe car accident. And then that makes me feel, I feel a guilt. Yes. I feel a, a, a real guilt. I feel a guilt over the person that had to cover for me. Yep. I feel a guilt that I couldn't do it. Yep. All and that's, that's what's overwhelming to me right now is right. that I feel this sadness and I feel this need that I should push it down. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mark, um, and then I, and then to hear from you to feel like maybe at some point in time, I could just be more the, uh, up front, know. almost like, right. Up, like, right. Yeah, and, and, right. And I think you find a time where that guilt goes away. Now, not all, not totally. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say that, but you know, let's be honest. Society thinks after the first year, everything should be fine. Right. We've talked about that. You've had numerous guests talk about that, that you, like, and you said that first year, everybody gives you a ton of grace. And then all of a sudden you're supposed to be okay. And you're supposed to be back in the world and you're supposed to be laughing and enjoying life. And heaven forbid, if you spend two days just sitting on the couch in the second year, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yet the second year uh, for me was when my numbness started to wear off and I felt a lot more of the reality um, that, that Kian was not with us. And so the second year was incredibly difficult for me through that. Then I think you find for me, the third year was okay. This isn't going away. I am not as numb as I was. It is here to stay. And I have to make terms with it. I have to figure out how to continue my relationship with Kian on these new terms. And for me, part of that is being just really honest about where I'm at. And when people ask me, how was your weekend? You know, I might say it was great if it was. And I might say, 
you know, Sunday, Kian died on a Sunday and Sundays are always harder every single Sunday. And this Sunday happened to be Mother's Day on top of it or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. We were this past weekend was uh, Father's Day, yeah. obviously. And oh. we went to my uh, in-laws and they asked my husband, how's your how's your father's day? Ugh. And he was like, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it was. Eh. And and. And they they were like, well, why is that? And I had looked and I said, well, I mean, the thing that we did, which was a horribly hard thing, our boys had loft beds bunked yep. that were shared a bedroom. And Peter has been unable to sleep in that room sure. since then. So he originally, for the first year, over year, when we went up north to the cottage, he slept on a twin bed in our closet. Oh. Okay. Because that's all he could do. Yep. If Catherine, our daughter, couldn't come up, he could sleep in her room. She was also on that main floor. We have two rooms, a bedrooms upstairs and two downstairs. Okay. The boys, super cool room. You know, there was two bunks. There's a there's a futon and then there's a pullout underneath. Yep. So you can sleep five people in that room. Uh -huh. So they would have their cousins come and so, I mean, it lost half of the beds in our house once we've been unable to use that. Right, room. right. Right? Yep. And he, now when he would come up and my daughter would come up, he was now sleeping in the room that was my foster son's room. Okay. Valeriano's room. So he's been sleeping down there. And he does, and, and it's nice because at least he was back downstairs right. for a while. We didn't even use the whole lower <laughs> level. And um, and then so last time we were all up, my foster son had to sleep on a mattress that was just thrown on the floor somewhere. Right. I know. So I I mean, it hit me. I was like, we can't we can't do this. Yeah, anymore. We can't keep doing this. Yep. Yep. We have a bedroom that has a lot of room in it. Yeah. We have to be able to use that. <laughs> so we had this big conversation with Peter. If we take apart the second bunk. Yep. And it's gone. Yep. Can you use it still in that room? Can we move it to the other bedroom? Can we move it upstairs? What can we do? What could work? Yep. What could work for you? And he really kind of wanted to be downstairs. It's cooler down there in the summer. Yeah. It's nicer. He's like, well, let's just try taking off the second bed. Ugh. So... Father's Day. Oh that's my. what we did. Oh my word! So I'm down there sobbing. Right. Eric's like, "You don't have to be here." I said, "I do I have do to be have here because there's no way you can do it yourself." Right. I mean, <laughs> physically he couldn't do it himself, right. and we certainly couldn't make Peter do it no. with him. No. But over this next weekend, the Fourth of July weekend, <laughs> we're all gonna be there, uh. and we need to have room for everyone. Yep. So. That's what we did. That's what Father's Day was. Yeah. Father's Day was taking apart that bunk and putting away that second bed Ugh. and changing the bedroom so Peter felt like it was his. Yeah. And I, I also I ordered him brand new bedding. Yep. We always had it. It was all with like baseball and sports. And I bought Star Wars bedding. Yep. And we <laughs> was like, we can buy Star Wars posters for the I mean, we can do whatever you what, want. Whatever like you I, yep. whatever you need to try to make this your space yep. instead of, I mean, it was always, it was the boys room. Right. It was the boys room. Right. They love that room. They love that room more than they love their rooms 
in their the regular house because yeah. they had separate rooms because they wanted to be together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know what so, I love about that though, Marcy? Like I've had so many people ask me, you know, like or say to me, like, we've not done anything with our daughter, our kids' room, you know, or our clo- their closet or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we haven't with Andy. It's always either, a question. But, um, but yeah. I think it goes to sh- prove that if you it's totally fine to just let it be until it's not supposed to be anymore. Like, look what yeah. you did. You know, you guys all made it work for almost two years. And yes. all of a sudden, you knew inside of you, okay, this cannot continue. I need that space to be usable. I want Peter to feel yeah. good in it. And you guys have done it. And you're doing it. And it, and we'll see, because Peter hasn't know, had to sleep in it yet. Exactly. You know, we put it together. I put on all this new bedding. Yep. We got rid of all the old stuff. Yep. And, it, and he's start. like, he's like, I said, it feels different. It feels totally different right. without that, that bed there. Wow. I love. So we're going to see. I we're love gonna see. that you honored that timeline though. And it still may be a continual timeline. He may not be able to sleep in there, but it's a start when it was right for you. Not because, well, it's been a year. We better do something. Or somebody came in and said, what, this is still like the way it, you know, it was like, you need to do something different and you felt guilty and you did it, you know, like you did it on your timeline. And I love that. I think that's so important. It's, a, it's, a, it's an important piece of self-care in this journey. You know, I just, somebody asked me, well, you make it sound so much better than I thought. <laughs> well, it just is right. Like I just really, I'm, I love that. Like it's such a good example because I have people all the time. Like I just had someone say to me, you know, um, our son, we had our son cremated, but I have not been able to purchase an urn. Yeah. And I, and I just said, you will know when the, when the right thing comes along. And I can only say that mercy because continually time and time again, in these three years, we've had that experience. So we built a, uh, my husband wanted to do a memorial garden, uh, in our front yard for Kian. And it, it took us like a, a whole year. Um, but we still, it was designed to have two chairs in the middle of it. And I couldn't decide on chairs. Like, and it was sort of aggravating, I think, to everybody around me because like, just find two chairs and, and or like, I, Paul was like, I don't care how much money you spend on chairs. Just what do you want? And I was like, I do not know. And I will know it when I see it. And I, I don't know. And, and it's always, you know, I'm always looking and I'm always dreaming and I'm always thinking. And finally, um, the beginning of this summer, like almost at the same time, both of us said there needs to be rainbow colored chairs out there. And so we went and we found this, those cheap plastic Adirondack chairs, but in red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, they are jammed in there because it was really only designed for two chairs, but there's six of them now, but we need, we now know three years into using that garden that every, we sit there as a family. And so we have this little rainbow in Kian's garden of cheap plastic chairs that everybody can be crowded together in and it is perfect. And it would not have been perfect if I rushed because everybody kept asking me, where's the chairs? Do you see what I'm yeah. saying? Like it yeah. wouldn't have been right. And it's the same thing with Kian's room. It's the same thing with, you know, um, people donated books. We, we did books for her um, when she when she died, she loved to read. And so we donated, we had people donate books and then we donated them to places that were important to Kian. And I had 
um, about four stacks. I'm not joking. Really up until six months ago, probably that were meant to go to her to DeVos Children's Hospital. And uh-huh. I had been back to DeVos several times. We drove books all the way down to Cincinnati Children's Hospital and figured all that out. But I could not bring myself to bring these books to DeVos that people had donated. Like, and so then I started to have guilt, right? Like people donated yes. these and they're sitting in my sunroom. Like, this is not okay. And finally, we were at her pediatrician's office, which happens to be a a spectrum hospital that doesn't matter and i was sitting there with the girls it's always very hard for me to go to medical appointments without kian we were sitting there with for the girls well child checkup and i looked down and they had a bucket of books and they were the exact same books that were falling apart and written in and scribbled in that when kian was going to that doctor yes and i knew the my four piles of books were coming to the pediatrician's office do, do you know what i mean and that, of course not yes. during covid they're all put away. <laughs> right. You know, I was thinking that, but I wasn't going to say it. Yes. <laughs> but I'm telling you, like when it was the right thing, it was not a hard, well, it was still hard. Um, but those little like logistics that I couldn't really figure out before fell into place. And I knew yeah. that was the right place for those books. And then they actually took some down to DeVos because there was more than they needed. And it was beautiful and it was perfect. And Time and time again, I've been shown that there is no timeline, even though the world thinks there is. Uh Yeah, I have right now, it's probably been close to a year, maybe. (laughs) Peter, I went through some of Peter's clothes that were too small for him. And the ones that had been Andy's, which were a lot of them, I couldn't give away because I have had people talk to me about sewing quilts with his clothes and doing all that stuff and so now they have been sitting in a pile in my bedroom that is just I'm staring at it right now that's heaped over with all of these clothes because I cannot bear the thought of having them cut up I know and put into a quilt yet and I'm like I know it's a beautiful thing I mean I had somebody recently write to me that the person that they do they like the the women that make the quilts like they pray yep. while they're doing it it's it's beautiful yep. and maybe i will love it i probably will love it yep. but for right now they need to just i can't the they do because i can't even the idea of taking a scissor to them yep. is horrifying i mean i had a very dear friend volunteer to do it just maybe three four weeks after he died and I was like, that's very sweet. But no, if if you I cannot I still right. almost two years later, I can't have a scissors taken to them. Yep. So I don't I don't know. I mean, someday that pile should probably go away and it will feel OK to take a scissor to those clothes. Yeah, it but will. For right now, I look at the shirt and I can see Andy yep. in the shirt. Yep, I know. And I don't just want to see a little bit of orange cloth yeah. in a quilt. Yeah. we. Ha- I too, I do have um, the girls all shared clothes. And so they're, they're, we have the last um, bunch of them that were still in the girls' closet. Um, yeah. That now there is nothing in their closet that Kian would have worn. And so I have, there is a pile 
from yeah. it's in their room because I can't even bring myself to move it to the closet that's in Kian's room where all the rest of the clothes are that are waiting for the quilt so I hear you like literally there's a one section in Kian's room like if this were video I'd show you like it's full <laughs> of full of her clothes that that same thing I have people wanting to do that for me and luckily they are kind enough to know I'm just not ready um been, and, and yet I can feel myself moving closer to that, you know? Um, I don't, but it, it's, maybe I, maybe I told you before, um, Kian's cremains are actually still in the box that we picked them up in. Yeah. And they're in the cupboard above the sink in her room. Her room was set up to be a very medically complex little girl's room. And so there's a sink and all covers and countertop. And, and you now use that room. We do. Though, Absolutely. For, it is now family. For food. your family. Yep. Yeah. It's like a family room. I love that about yeah. uh, that you're able to do that. I think that's really honoring. It, it is. But. It's amazing. But again, yeah. I didn't, we didn't do anything until all of a sudden I looked in there one day and it was collecting the clutter, the bag from the funeral home. There was still some medical equipment. I mean, there still is some in the drawers that I haven't removed. And all of a sudden I said, this room was, she loved this room. It cannot sit here collecting the clutter. And I, well, and it's right off of your main living area and kitchen. And so it is, I mean, it's a, it's a very convenient, beautiful space for you guys to use as a family. And it was designed that way. When, when we designed and built it, we knew it would someday not be her room. And we very purposely planned for both phases but we did, we left it for a while. And again, and again, though, it came to the point that I knew, okay, it needs to be the space it was meant to be as the family space. Because when Kian was here, we gathered in there as a family. Um, right. It was a family space then, and it needs to continue to be so. And, but her cremains are above the sink. And I even, they're not even in the container that I bought. And so the, I had bought this container thinking that it would go in the ground in the garden, but that if we moved, we could always take it with us. Okay. That was sort of, you could always yes. talk about this with someone whose child has died. But when the garden was finally finished, I couldn't bring myself to do anything different with those cremains than leave them in the box, in the cupboard above the sink. And I remember my therapist saying, well, it's a good thing that you didn't go and put them all in Lake Michigan. Cause we couldn't get them back. Like yes. it's okay that they're sitting there. And yes. they still are. And now it's a sort of a funny, not, not, it's not funny, but again, something you can only say to grieving people is that, you know, my kids will go into that cupboard and, oh, you know, there, there she is. There's oh, skin. There yeah. she is. And it's sort of like, well, are we ever going to do anything with, you know, and it's like, when the time is right, we will, we'll know what's yeah. right. So that's what I mean by you honoring that timeline, because, um, we all have this, we have so much pressure on us to live up to this bar that is set so high for all of us in everyday life. When you're grieving, you just have to lower that bar. And that's what the third year has shown me is that it's okay to bring my bar down. And to let other people see that you brought other, it down. Yes, exactly. And to let other people see. Everybody's different, right? I But I am super open and honest and I will tell anybody anything that that, that they ask. And so I often probably say more than what anybody wants to know, but 
most people know that her cremains are just right in the, above the sink in the cupboard, you know, because it's where we're at. And I want yeah. people to know, again, I probably said this again before, but I really want people to know that unfortunately or fortunately, we as grieving parents become the teacher. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I want people to know what this is really like. You know, so when I tell my friends, I sat and cried for 20 minutes over Jamal's meal plan, but it really wasn't the meal plan. It was because July 2nd is around the corner. I'm just keeping it real because they need to know what this is for people. And the more we can own it and be authentic in it and not be ashamed of it and not feel guilty of it, I think is doing a service to everybody. Everybody well, and that's a wonderful thing that I feel like I learn from you all the time because you do do such a great job with that. And I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I mean, I'm working on it. And, and you know, you pour your I do have to say, these. too, I do have to say that yesterday, you know, I obviously that happened with that patient. And then even the next one, somebody came and 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 saw that one for me it was just something very quick but but after that after my kind of half an hour of falling apart and catching my breath and drinking some water i finished the day yes exactly right and last year or even six months ago i wouldn't have you may have had to go home and and actually people seeing me cry like that i had like three people say do you want to go home? Right. Should we cancel the rest of your day? Right. You think you should go home? Because of course they remember when I was falling apart in those weeks yep. right away. Yep. And that would have put me to the point where I wouldn't have been able to continue. Yes, of course. And, and but I did. I did. And I saw more checkups that day. I mean, the next one I did was a video visit and I was like, oh, that's this is great no one can see you that great over the video anyway and then and then the next one i'm like i have this mask on and i have my glasses that almost immediately fog up anyway no one is going to have any idea that i have just been crying no so and so you chop that up as a win and you notice that right like give yourself that credit because that's the growing in this journey that i hate and yet is the reality i mean right and so i did have to have you know a couple people help me out and and in some ways it probably wasn't a bad thing for them to see that I'm still struggling exactly Exactly. I mean it's probably good even though in my heart it felt like a failure right Right. it probably really wasn't and I have to tell myself it definitely wasn't no because I went on to have the rest of my day and to continue to see a bunch more patients yeah and that's hugely different. Yes. And that is hugely different. Yes. Than what things were like. So, and I think you know, that... even though year two is hard and I am able to recover. Yes. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I am able to recover. Some days it's a quicker turnaround, right? Yes. And then is. other days you still need. And yesterday was hard. Hours. I mean, yesterday I, I actually had had some rough stuff happening in right. the morning, even before I had to go in. And obviously with all the stuff going on with Peter right now with Catherine graduating yes. going off to college there's a lot of transition happening so and so much. and the summertime and all of that it just puts me at a place that I'm a little starting out a little worse. yes yeah I, mean, yeah I said to my husband 
if it would have been a regular day and I wouldn't have had the struggles that I had had before I even went into work, I probably would have looked at that and seen and read the little bit about it being, you know, follow up from a car accident. I still would have made the same decision to not go in because it is going to be too hard for me and I can't envision that ever being okay perhaps it will but I can't envision it right and I would have said hey let's look at so-and-so's schedule because originally the nurse was like well doctor so-and-so is seeing a rash maybe you could flip and I'm like at that point I'm like there's no flipping now (laughs) I mean I've I've lost it now I can't see a rash now I can't see anything now exactly I need to I need some time yep but had it been a regular day and had I been able to look at that that maybe would have been able to happen. Right. I would have said, hey, I see that you are seeing this patient with a rash who you don't know either. Right. I don't know this patient who was in the car accident. Would you please switch? Can we me? switch? And yeah. and I would have been able to go on. But, you know, these yeah. things come out of nowhere. Right. And and those are the worst, right? They the are. That you don't have any preparation for. Oh, you yeah. don't see coming at all. That they just get you. Yep. 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 So we are making progress. We are. We are. And I I certainly hope that a year from now, <laughs> I will be able to be where you are <laughs> and just be able to be a little more open and honest about where I am and what I still need and feel okay with that. Yep. Well, I- and I hope that, you know, you will be further along yet too and that year four you're going to be able to say this is even better than it was at year three right exactly and I think that's what's so awesome Marcy about the podcast is you are giving voice to all different stages all different situations all different you know types of death and and people can be like oh yeah or yeah, I'm I am in year five, and I remember year three, and and, and you know you know what I mean. Like it gives voice to yeah. all that. So you're doing you're giving voice to that in so many ways that that is so awesome. Well, and I am hoping that someone who is in year one mm-hmm. can listen to us talk about year two and year three and get some hope from that. Absolutely. And at the same time, someone who is in year nine think back oh that's what year three was like wow I really have come along yes exactly that's what you want to be able to see so that both ends they're people are kind of learning more about themselves and and what's happening with them right and can grow yeah I mean I am quick to say that year two was the hardest thus far for me and yet I know I still grew do you know what I mean right 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 um right and ultimately, I just wish I didn't even have to grow this way. But it is what it is our story and it is our journey. And I am incredibly thankful for the other moms and dads who are on it with me because that's really the community that helps you realize you're not losing it, you know? Oh, it's so important. I mean, you know, when I have my bad, bad times, who do I call that? It's you. <laughs> right. It's you. Well, and so I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. And thanks so much for agreeing again to talk. I, I feel like I learn more from you all the time and I hope that our conversation can help other people. Uh, Me too. And thank you again so much for giving me the chance to say Kian's name and tell her story and 
give some purpose behind her amazing life that still continues. Like, right. Like I, I love that. She was a little angel that walked on this earth. We firmly believe that. And she is still shining her light on, on the world um, through, you know, through us and through people like you who remembered that July 2nd was her day. So thanks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. We are always looking for new show ideas. If you'd like to be a guest, know someone who'd be a great guest, or have a show idea, please email us at marcy at andysmom.com. Be sure to visit the webpage, andysmom.com, for more content, including Marcy's blog. There you can also sign up to receive updates via email. Together, let's work to inspire hope, one day at a time.